Welcome to First 15, and thanks for giving your first 15 minutes of the day to God while responding to His Word in a personal way. My name is Ron, and I'll be your guide on this journey. Follow us on Spotify, subscribe on iTunes, or download on your favorite podcast provider so you don't miss any episodes. Also, share it with a friend so they can start their day right. Today, we're listening to part of Paul's letter to the Colossians, and one of the few places in Scripture that directly talks about philosophy, but it points to something so much more valuable that you can feed on for life. More on that in a second. On verse 15, you listen to God's Word, engage it, and meditate on a personal level. Then pray your response back to God. The intent is to apply the truth of God's message beyond these first 15 minutes in the rest of your life. You can download the four-step process from episode one at podcast.wordofprayer.com. You can also get a help sheet there for the four-step process that you can keep close for reference. We're demonstrating that all kinds of scripture, maybe even ones you haven't read much or aren't that familiar with, are useful for hearing God speak, meditating, and responding to Him. Today, Paul's letter to the Colossians, chapter 2. I really love the letter to the Colossians. I don't remember the first time I read it, but I do remember in my early 20s when I moved to Southeast Asia after college And a group of people from my church sent me off at the airport and read a few verses from Colossians 1 as their prayer for me. I've read, studied, and prayed Colossians many times since. And I would be happy if all you did for your 15-minute devotional today is to read or listen to this entire letter. It would take you less than 15 minutes to read all the way through it. Since you're still here, I'll share with you a portion from Colossians 2, uh, verses 1 to 10. I won't take time to fill you in on the 29 verses found in Colossians 1. There's a beautiful prayer there that Paul prays for these believers that he probably never met face to face. That's followed by an incredible poem about Christ, the preeminence of Christ in Colossians 1, 15 to 20, that is justifiably very well known. What we need to know is that Paul worked at Ephesus, a coastal city that was over 125 miles or 200 kilometers to the west of Colossae. And others that were associated with Paul, like a guy named Epaphras, lived and worked in Colossae or nearby Laodicea and brought word of some troubling misunderstandings among the believers in the church at Colossae, which, of course, is in modern-day Turkey. So Paul wrote to uh, these believers to give them some guidance. And I'm going to read now from Colossians 2, verses 1 to 10. For I desire to have you know how greatly I struggle for you, and for those at Laodicea, And for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts may be encouraged, they being knit together in love and gaining all riches of the full assurance of understanding that they may know the mystery of God, which is Christ 
in whom all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden. Now I say this so that no one may deceive you with persuasive speech. For though I am not present physically, yet I am with you in the Spirit, rejoicing and seeing your orderly faith and the firmness of that faith in Christ. As you received Christ Jesus as Lord, walk in Him, being rooted and built up in Him, and being strengthened in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Be careful that you don't let anyone take you captive through his philosophy and empty deceit, following human traditions, holding to the fundamental principles of the world, and not lining up with Christ. For in him all the fullness of the deity dwells bodily, and in him you are made complete, for he is the head over all rule and authority. Now it's clear that Paul is aiming to encourage believers who have gotten a little shaken, just like the ground around Colossae was prone to earthquakes. There were loud and distracting voices that are destabilizing the faith of these young believers, making them think that Christ may not be enough. As great as he is, they need to tap into deeper mysteries and more powerful spiritual teachings in order to experience all that there is to be had. When Paul talks about not being captive to philosophy or empty deceit, following human traditions, holding to the fundamental principles of the world, the word behind that about fundamental principles of the world is really talking about probably an interest in a type of philosophy that was very, what we might today describe as New Age, or paying attention to angelic beings and how they controlled forces here on earth, kind of like horoscopes, sort of preoccupation, was something that was just all over the place in the first century. And Colossae, as well as Laodicea and nearby Hierapolis, these three cities, were all kind of a hotbed and a center of this kind of activity and the other esoteric teachings and philosophies that were all around these young believers in these three cities in and around Colossae. So Paul is speaking to people who are in this environment Colossae was right in the middle of these places where people prided themselves on being spiritually evolved and very broad-minded, embracing of all the best wisdom of East and West, Plato, Moses, Buddha, and everything in between. And that's really not an exaggeration. Ephesus itself was like the Western end point on the Silk Road. So there were all kinds of Asian philosophies from India and even China that were making their way into this far eastern part of the Roman Empire. And Colossae was right on a crossroads of this mixing of influences. There was a local Jewish community that was very strong, and it wasn't the standard Jewish uh, community. It was people who were kind of into something like Kabbalah and mysticism and, and those sort of things. And you also had the traditional Greek religion, Plato and philosophies and things like that. So... The message from Paul 
that he's speaking to these believers is unmistakable. Christ is the ultimate, and he needs no additions. Christ is the ruler over all and has no peers. And the way of life that Jesus taught is all you need. And you can build a complete and solid faith on him alone. In fact, Paul says, all the fullness of God dwells in Christ. So the further you get away from Christ, the further you're getting away from God and the ground of spiritual truth. That is an absolute message, and it requires either full acceptance or complete rejection, but really no halfway measures. In fact, it's the church in nearby Laodicea that John, later on in the first century in the Revelation, the last book in the New Testament, he criticizes the people in Laodicea for being lukewarm in their faith, neither hot nor cold, but kind of somewhere in the middle, in between. Paul is kind of dealing with the same environment here several years earlier in Colossae, this sort of mixing and philosophies and exotic teachings that were all, you know, together and people being very open and broad-minded about embracing all of these things. You know, I'm always a little amused when I hear people say something like, well, you know, the Bible, that was a long time ago, and people then didn't have the complex and confusing situation we have today, and so it's not really relevant. The differences, though, between us today and them back 2,000 years ago, they're superficial, because Christ was first preached in a very diverse, complex, metropolitan, urban environment that was not very friendly to the absolute claims that the earliest Christians made. Just like today, people in the ancient Roman world had a lot of choices when it came to belief. Paul proclaimed, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in Christ. And we should sink down deep roots in him for our faith. After all, all the fullness of deity of God's very nature, dwells bodily in Christ. He truly is God in human flesh. And he desires to share the fullness of what he has with us to make us complete. That's incredible. The only question is, are you willing to receive all that he desires to give you? That's something worth meditating on. Let's pray. God, we praise you and thank you for sharing your mysteries with us, for coming near in human flesh and revealing where true treasure is. It is not in gold, not in fame. All treasure is hidden in Christ, and we want more of his resurrection power, more of his sacrificial, conquering love in our lives. God, I am broken, and I ask you to make me complete. Fill me with your fullness, Jesus, just as you promised more than we can ask or imagine. I ask for it and pray in your name. Amen. I hope you'll take time today 
to take every thought captive for Christ, to meditate on the wonderful truths that we've heard here, and to consciously reject, to turn away from the lies, the concerns, and the worry that have no power to give you real life, real treasure. Remember, God promises to make you complete, full of His treasure. Make the most of your time today and walk in the blessing. Today's episode is brought to you by Back to the Cross, a memoir about missional living and saying yes to God wherever it takes you, which you can find on Amazon or linked to in the show notes. If you found today's episode helpful, share it with a friend and remember to follow on Spotify or subscribe in iTunes. Until next time, keep listening to God's Word.